Welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. to the freaking weekend. I would drink to that, but it's Monday now, so yeah. Uh, Which means it's time for the NRL weekend wrap. Gonna get into the elimination finals uh, from week two. Obviously, Penrith and Brisbane with the week off. Uh, I will talk a little bit about them at the end of the podcast. But now, we're down to four teams. Night's gone, Uh, which I'll definitely have to talk about them because that was an unbelievable run. And the other team gone, the Roosters, in pretty exceptional circumstances as well. Uh, So today for the weekend wrap, what's in store? We'll start off with the performance highlights, my player of the weekend, team of the weekend, things like that. Then I'll jump into the two games, the do or die elimination finals. Uh, We'll talk about the winners, talk about the losers, and their season overall. And then to finish the pod, just a quick look at what's ahead of us in the prelim finals. I'm fucking stoked as well, because I'm a Warriors fan. So if it's your first time listening to the podcast, I'm a Warriors fan. The lid's off. But now, there's nothing else to do really, except get amongst it. So let's do it. NRL Weekend Wrap Elimination Finals. Alright, performance highlights for the elimination finals. Player of the round. I did look uh, at Cameron Munster, but he did have a few errors and missed tackles. So I've gone with Chance Nicole Klukstad. Fucking oath, I could talk about him all day. Comes back to the club from the Raiders this year. He's just been everything uh, we the club have needed and more. Now after the losses of Tuivasa Shek. He's coming back. Fuck yeah. Now I get to say that every time. It makes me smile. Uh, and the loss of Reese Walsh. Dun, dun, dun. Tell you what. If Warriors hadn't have made the top eight this year or had this fantastic run, the Reese Walsh thing would have hurt a lot more. Being like, damn. Damn. Uh, but Chance came in. And now, see a Reese Walsh. I mean, he wants to be at Brisbane, so it's like, fuck it. Sometimes with all the player movements, you really do just have to be like, well, fuck it. He's from Brisbane, but Chance nearly ran for 300 metres. He was so heavily involved in the game against Newcastle. He scored the first try as well, and that just that got us off to the perfect start. And he was the perfect guy to score that first try. So just all around, not just in this game, but throughout the whole season, Chance has been... Such a valuable contributor. Uh, He was actually one of the nominations for the end of year podcast for signing of the season, uh, such as being his influence at the Warriors. Tyson Gamble from the Knights, he was another one. Reese Walsh, uh, another candidate. So Charles Nicole Klukstad, Klukstad, uh, I've selected him as my player of the weekend, I just thought. I mean, to run for nearly 300 metres in a final, unbelievable, produced a try, and not going directly head-to-head, but when you consider the fullback on the other side of the park, 
Off a chance to do what he did, massive effort. CNK, player of the round. Gonna stick with the Warriors uh, for my talking point, which was the finals homecoming. Back in New Zealand for a finals game, first time since 2008. I was just a kid. I was fucking still living in New Zealand. And I remember what the feeling was like then. I'm not in Auckland right now. But the feeling right now is even greater. There's something very special going on right now. Even if this was our last win of the season. Uh, I'm just... I'm kind of lost for words. Going into this year, how we'd performed. Obviously, COVID had a massive bearing on our performances. But, yeah, just what I saw last year... And our football came into the season under Nathan Brown. We just, I don't know if slow was the word, like the, the plays we were doing, everything was just, we were so far from a, a top eight side, so far from it. So now, to wake up on a Monday and know that we're in a prelim final, it's pretty spectacular. Now, obviously, Brisbane and Penrith, it's going to be hard for anyone to beat those two on the road to the grand final. But to wake up on this Monday, the fact that we are even in a prelim is so wild to me. It's so wild. Just this whole season. It's been the best season I've ever experienced as a Warriors fan, I will say that. There have been some fucking good ones, definitely, but just considering... The amount of time between, say, 2008 and now, or 2011 and now, it's been a hot minute. And now, I mean, we've had good seasons, but across the whole squad, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. It, right now, it's just this amazing balance from 1 to 17, week to week. So I'm stoked. Talking point, Warriors finals homecoming. Uh, I'd believe there's no bias in me saying this i genuinely believe this year mount smart has been the best atmosphere in the nrl there are other ones that can definitely compete with it but yeah it's pretty special what's going on and i have faith with andrew webster and everything that they're building at the warriors i have faith in sustained success so yes penrith brisbane it's going to be monumental. I mean, to beat one, good luck. To beat both and win our first ever premiership, it would be insane. It would be insane. My head would probably fall off. Um, but it's not just about this year. We have set ourselves up now to go forward with this. And a new set of standards that has obviously been set upon this club this year. And yeah, next year and beyond, it's just going to keep building. Mount Smart Stadium uh, can become a genuine fortress. And now, like we saw this movement of a lot of guys through the COVID uh, era, a lot of Australian guys saying, we're going to stay in Australia once you return to New Zealand. We had some Kiwi guys uh, who I totally respected their decision, guys like Mal Malo for Satua, uh, who during when the COVID thing happened, then they couldn't have their families there. You know, there were Kiwi guys who left and we never really saw them resurface that much. 
after that. So there's been a total regeneration of this Warriors outfit. The guys who've stayed and are awesome, like now they're all playing their best football. All the guys we've signed have been incredible additions. We have a really good core of young players coming through. Uh, we only just got eliminated in the grand final qualifier uh, in the New South Wales Cup. So we got some good young guys as well. So over the next few years, you know, if you're a player coming off contract, you may want to have a look at the Warriors, right? Now more than ever. So who knows? It, it's not ever going to be a true destination club, given that you would have to move countries. But yeah, I think if the Warriors reach out to some players, I think now more than ever, uh, some quality players would be inclined to come over. But we don't really need to add too much either. But I'm getting off track. Talking point, Warriors finals homecoming. Hell yeah. Up next, uh, Broncos Warriors at Suncorp Stadium. I'm like, damn, I want to fly to Brisbane. Uh, that is going to be unbelievable. Some of the matchups there, Haas, Adenfanua, Blake, Reynolds, Johnson, uh, Nicole Klukstad, Reese Walsh, former Warrior. Oh, I'll talk about that in the preview podcast, but that's what's up next for both sides. And I feel like as a Warriors fan, we're a better chance of beating Broncos at Suncorp than Panthers really anywhere, which we would have to do probably anyway in the grand final, but one week at a time, yeah? So Broncos, Warriors, Panthers, Storm. Panthers 2-0 over the Storm this year. A storm at long odds to get the win, but I did just see Nathan Cleary, some kind of training incident, rushed off to hospital. Why does this shit always happen in these big games? Is it mind games? I don't know. Anyway, Cleary in hospital. Remember when he had like the tooth infection or something? They're saying he wasn't going to play Origin. Uh, I will be shocked. I think Nathan Cleary, the, it's like the doctor's going to have to say you have about six weeks to live for him not to play. Like shit will have to be so dire this hospital thing to rule Cleary out of the game uh, but Storm I mean I don't really see them winning but we all know that they are capable so that's what's up next Broncos Warriors Panthers Storm tough stuff I went with Terrell May uh, for the Roosters who bowed out uh, over the weekend over the final series and leading up to Terrell May has been one of the Chooks' best front rowers and best players in general. Now, he'd be on next to nothing uh, in terms of his money. But next year, I mean, they've got Spencer Lenu coming to the club as well. But you have Hargraves, Lindsay Collins. Imagine the one-two off the bench between Terrell May and Spencer Lenu. Uh, so now May has really emerged at the start of this year, uh, there would even be some Roosters fans who probably didn't know who he was. Now, coming into the back end of the year, I think for sure uh, he'll be one of the first guys in that 17 uh, for round one next year. So tough stuff, Terrell May. He really took it to the Melbourne pack. Unfortunately for his side, it wasn't enough. 
That leads us into the moment of the round. Brick, that's all I wrote with some brick emojis. Will Warbrick scores a winning try. Unbelievable. Now, I've only seen the KO Mini of the game. I will be fucking real with you. So I know there were some referee controversies. Today, we ain't talking about that. Everyone else is going to talk about it. And my vibe with referees, NRL, uh, judges in UFC. I've seen so many ridiculous things happen that are out of my control. So I'm kind of just like, one, whatever, and two, fuck it. So that's kind of where I'm at with the refereeing decisions uh, over the weekend. But moment of the round, Brick, Will Warbrick, scores the winning try in his first season, rookie season, and he's a special finisher. This is another case of it's been a big year for him, but the best is still in front of him. Will Warbrick now turns his focus to a prelim against the Panthers. So that was moment of the round. I'll just quickly say as well the reason why I only watched the Roosters Storm game on KO Mini. I have a little rule that NRL over AFL always, unless it's my team. And if it's both my teams, then I'm always picking Warriors. Uh, but I go for Melbourne Demons. Wah, wah, wah. And they played uh, the same time slot as Roosters or Storm. Who've both been... They were, I've seen both win premierships. They've both been powerhouses. I was like, to be honest, I'm keen to see the game for sure. But I was like, I don't really give a shit who goes, who gets knocked out. Because you guys have had plenty of premierships. And it's like, well, whoever wins faces the Panthers. So I watched the Demons disappoint me epically. And that's why I didn't pick up on all the referee stuff. And I just can't be fucked talking about the referee stuff today. So I apologize. Uh, Highlight season. This is something I just added in. Highlight season, Newcastle Knights. Highlight season, what does that mean? Just the whole 2023 produce the goods. It's something their fans can hang their hat on and say, you know what, that was a hell of a season. The players can be very proud of themselves. Highlight season, Newcastle Knights, 10 wins in a row to go from mid-season looking like they were no hope whatsoever and then to do what they did. Very, very memorable. And hopefully it sets the Knights up uh, going forward to build on this because if they can build on that, 10 games in a row, and how they were looking, well, 2024, who knows, fucking oath to the Knights, I will say that, Uh, then I added in a couple of things uh, from the grand finals over the weekend, in Queensland, uh, Queensland Cup, and of course the under-21s of the Queensland variety, and my one to watch from the Hastings Daring Colts under-21s grand final uh, Ruggerev Wavrik, or Wavrik. Uh, he's one of those ones who, that's not a good way to describe him, uh, who like a journalist will put out when they're like 14 years old and be like, this kid's the next fucking superstar. Like there's a few of them, like, I, I'm saying I saw, but like a lot of us saw. I'm not saying I'm like discovering these kids, but I don't know like whether you saw it or not. But like Ponga stories were coming out well before we saw Ponga at NRL level. Uh, Selwyn Cobber, 
I remember seeing his name and being like, oh, true. It was a memorable name, Selwyn Cobbo. I was like, fuck yeah, he sounds good already. Uh, Tanner Boyd was one. They're like, this kid's the next fucking Darren Lockyer. His 11th birthday is next week. No, he's a bit older than 11. Uh, but they bring these kids up and they're like, yo, this kid's fucking awesome. And Raghurev Wavrik is one of those kids. Now, he is in the Cowboys system. And I just want to quickly double check, sorry, the Queensland Rugby League website. Because I'm pretty sure the Townsville Blackhawks, under 21s, excuse my clicking, I'm pretty sure they went back to back, uh, which is very impressive. And good news for fucking Cowboys fans. Let me have a squeeze. Yeah, 40 nil. Townsville Blackhawks over the Brisbane Tigers. Again, this is junior level, under 21s. I see Jamal Shibasaki scored a double, younger brother of Gahamat. And there's a few names throughout the Blackhawks squad. But what's interesting for this young Townsville team, what year are we in? Firstly, fuck, 2023. So in 2021, this young Townsville side, uh, with some different players, obviously, they went all the way to the grand final. They were the best team. They lose in the grand final. Last year, Townsville worked their way all the way back to the under-21s grand final. They win it. They get back here this year, and they go back to back 40 nil. So Cowboys, Cowboys fans should get excited because Blackhawks under that banner. And Ruggerieve Wavik, oh, it's Wavik, not Wavrik. My bad. Soz. Um, he played at fullback. Now, he was also on the team last year in the winning grand final. Played in the centres. Fullback, his specialist position. Also captained the side. Uh, so my one to watch coming out of this grand final, Ruggerieve Wavik. Keep an eye on him. I reckon next year, uh, we'll probably see him at Queensland Cup level mostly. But yeah, this is the next three to five years. Uh, if Cowboys can hold on to him, I think he'll be a, uh, a big player for them. So there you go. One to watch, Raghurev Wavik. And congratulations to the Queensland Cup Premiers for 2023. I believe it may be their first title since like 91 or something like that. The Brisbane Tigers, the Suzuki Brisbane Tigers. Suzuki would be wrapped that they're sponsoring a winner. Uh, but Brisbane, they're an affiliate of the Melbourne Storm side. They don't get all the players. They share that duty uh, with the Sunshine Coast Falcons. But Brisbane Tigers this year, new coach, Matt Church, uh, who'd been coaching the Papua New Guinea Hunters team. Uh, so he'd, he'd done some pretty good stuff at the Hunters. Comes over to Brisbane, and the Tigers, to be honest, over the last few years, uh, considering they're one of the bigger clubs in Q Cup, just completely underperforming, weren't getting the results. Matt Church arrives at the club this year. Boom. 2023 Premiers. And they've got some fun guys uh, like Solomon Fatape, who's a really cool young centre. I don't know why I said fun and cool. I could have picked uh, better words. But they've got some interesting ones in the mix. I did write down a couple of things from the Queensland Cup Grand Final. Tigers beat Burley Bears 22-18. to 18. Keanu Kinney, fullback for Burley. Also a fullback at the Titans. Seems like they got 
fucking fullbacks coming out the wazoo. Keanu Kenny was unbelievable in this game. I reckon if Titans can't find a regular spot for him, sorry, my fucking throat nearly gave out. If Titans can't find a regular spot for him, I reckon another NRL club is definitely going to come calling. Congrats to Tony Francis as well, early winger. In a losing side, bags a hat-trick. Not a bad contribution. I'm sure he would have preferred the win, though. And finally, our notable names from the Tigers' premiership-winning side. Corey Thompson, former Bulldog, West Tiger, Gold Coast Titan. He played fullback. Kane Bradley, who's in the Storm system. George Jennings, Riley Jacks. Jonah Pezzett, youngster uh, at the Storm. He got that grand final feeling. Jordan Grant, who's in the Storm system. Vaha Pulu, uh, who spent a bit of time at the Titans and Warriors. Cole Geyer, famous last name alert. Uh, good young dummy half. Joe Chan, famous last name alert times two. Alex Chan and the great Jackie Chan. Um, no relation to each other, but Joe Chan who we saw make his NRL debut. Congrats to the Tigers. At least there's a fucking one Tigers team getting premierships. That was a low blow. Sorry, Tigers. They're the only team uh, that actually took a game to New Zealand. So I retract that disrespectful comment. Uh, Let's finish the performance highlights portion with my team of the weekend. Chance Nicole Klukstad, player of the round. So just naturally... Also fullback on the wings. Dallin Mateni's a Lesniak, who was unbelievable. And Will Warbrick, how could I not? Like, he finished the play that was the difference between missing out or being in a prelim. In the halves, I went Cameron Munster. Exact same thing with Will Warbrick. Will Warbrick. I can't speak. Uh, but Warbrick, Munster, that play right at the end gets them into the team. Sean Johnson at halfback, what a, uh, what a difference he made. And definitely against the Panthers, we still would have lost. Like, Panthers totally outclassed us. And even if Johnson played, I don't think it would have made a winning difference. Well, sorry. Um, but it did make a huge difference in this game. So Sean Johnson, team of the week. Adam Fanua Blake, uh, as he almost always is, team of the week. Harry Grant, dummy half. Terrell May, up front. Like I said, uh, really starting to establish himself as an important member of the Roosters' side. Jackson Ford in the back row. Dragons fans will be like, what the fuck? Why'd we let him go? Matt Butcher in the back row. And Torhu Harris, number 13. Love my captain. Oh, captain, my captain. What a guy. He's got like a bad back. And he just, he just gets through all the toughest shit. It's all the stuff for anyone that's played rugby league. Other than the ball playing, which he's fucking amazing at, and not many forwards can do the way he does. Uh, But other than that, his duties are pretty much get through the shittest work and just, yeah, the carries no one really wants to take and the tackles uh, that people don't necessarily put their hand up to take. So Torhu, for that I just respect him so immensely. And he's in Team of the Week. Uh, so yeah, that's it. Just quickly I'll go through Team of the Week. CNK, 
DWZ, a uh, couple of three-name experts there. Rocco Berry, I thought defensively, I was most impressed uh, with defense from Rocco Berry. Nothing super flashy. He did score a try uh, in attack. But yeah, it was just little things like kick chase that I was noticing. Uh, he was always one of the first ones there. And he's young. Shout out to him. And Rocco Berry is a cool name. Adam Pompey. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, I forgot the centers. Well, yeah. Fuck, I forgot the centers totally. Uh, CNK, DWZ, Berry, Pompey, Warbrick, Munster, Sean Johnson, AFB, Harry Grant, Terrell May, Jackson Ford, Nat Butcher, and Toyo Harris. That was a mess. I butchered that, and for that, I'm sorry. Uh, we're going to jump into the two games, though, in just a second. Don't forget, though, end-of-year performance highlights. Hopefully, I don't butcher that podcast as bad as I just butchered these highlights. Dropping next Monday at 8 p.m., it's the Not Just a Sports Report answer to the Delhi M's. I call it performance highlights. I don't call it an award because I'm like, one, there's no trophy. Two, the players aren't aware of its existence. And I feel like a lot of things have awards. And I just think I'm trying to be self-aware enough to be like, you know, is this an honor? Is a player, a player won't even know if they're the Not Just a Sports Report player of the year Uh, but you will know and i assume you voted or a lot of people did so our followers on instagram at not just a sports report and also uh, some of you listeners we ran polls for all the performance highlights so this isn't just me coming on and giving my opinions Uh, this was actually voted on by a fair few people so i found it interesting to see what some people thought and yeah next monday 8 p.m We'll be going through all of it. Player of the season, moment of the season, uh, team of the season, and not just things of the season, uh, some other fun things too. So next Monday, 8pm, performance highlights of the year. With that being said though, I think it's time to get amongst the games. Melbourne Storm, advance to the prelims in a thriller. 18 to 13. Now some stars for both sides, missing in action. No Pappenhausen, of course no Jerome Hughes, Joey Manu, Joseph Swali'i. But I found it really interesting because there were still a lot of stars out there. But some other guys had to step up. The first one on my sheet here, Tyron Wishart, thrust into the halfback role, scores the first try of the game. Which I tell you what, the game was decided by one try. First one just as important as the last. Wishart, unreal game from him. Uh, Then, one of the referee things, Harry Grant knocked the ball on and it didn't get called. And pretty shortly after that, Marion Seve scored a try. So as far as momentum and things like that, yeah, the refs, unfortunately changed momentum big time there and it had an effect on the scoreboard but like I said I'm kind of whatever with the refs I'm also more of a bigger picture thinker and with the roosters I'm like well you guys put yourself in the do or die situation you were pretty crap at times throughout the first half of the season 
had a great run toward the end. But it's like you just scraped into the eight. You put yourself in a do-or-die scenario each week. You didn't finish top four, which for the Roosters, that's the expectation. You didn't get the double chance. You find yourself in a situation where now the refs are kind of fucking with you. But it's like, well, you're the ones who put yourself in that situation to be playing do-or-die football each week. That's kind of my bigger picture take. Uh, Now, Christian Welch, his intercept was one of the highlights of the game. I thoroughly enjoyed that. I thought Sandon Smith for the Roosters off the bench. uh, I thought that was his best game. So saved his best game for the biggest moment. Now, Storm with the early lead. Brandon Smith, Lindsay Collins score tries. It's 12-all. 71st minute, Sam Walker kicks a field goal. Looks like Roosters are off to the prelim. And also on Sam Walker, I think after this final series, Roosters need to get really serious about keeping him. He has proven in three different finals games that he can kick a field goal under pressure. It's it's a big feature. Like you see guys like Cherry Evans, uh, Cooper Cronk was pretty good at it as well. It's a really big string to your bow as a halfback to be able uh, to ice those huge moments. Nathan Cleary has had to do it as well. Uh, so I think coming out of this final series, yeah, it's time to get serious and try work out how you're going to get Sam Walker, the halfback of the Roosters, uh, on page with everyone else and whatever their plan is. Because, yeah, I think we're seeing they need him in the team. Uh, then Cameron Munster, a kick for Will Warbrick. Unbelievable. There were plenty for both guys to do. The kick was not easy. Or was it a, I think it was a pass. I can't even remember. Memory's a bit fucking hazy. Sorry about that. But Will Warbrick catches it. Still with a lot of work to do. Scores a try. Melbourne. Steal the game with less than two minutes to go. Unbelievable. Will Warbrick, of all the players, only just arrived in first grade this year. Gives me Vunivali vibes. Not at all in terms of his playing style, but just how the Storm identified Vunivalu. No one knew who Suliasi was, like, for the most part, last fans, until he arrived in first grade. Will Warbrick, they've brought him over. He now plays on that right wing. And in his first year of first grade, he's been pretty unbelievable. Scored four tries against the Tigers in one game. And he's come from sevens and rugby union. So it's pretty wild to think we're only just scratching the surface with the brick. And still at this raw stage in his NRL career, with still a lot of things in his game to work on, he pulls off a play like that. Scores a winning try. His team are through it to a prelim. And Melbourne really have themselves another cult hero on the wing. So with that, Melbourne, they'll be playing Penrith. Chooks are cooked, did someone say, KFC. Uh, and I think it's deserved. I, I don't think they ever deserve to win the Premiership. And I don't say that as a hater or just to be critical. It's more so... I don't know. Like, it wasn't the way they were carrying themselves. It was literally just the run they were on. That I was like, just as a whole, from the Roosters, not from the people or anything like that, 
I was like, this is a bit of a fucking arrogant run. You think you can come into the season, you know, be super confident you're going to go all the way, be super crap in the first part of the season, then through the middle, you know, you're still not really doing much, underachieving. And then la di da back end of the season, you just want to get everything together and we're going to get in the fucking finals and we'll go win the premiership from there. And it's just like, hmm, nah. And that's kind of what happened. Um, but I don't mean arrogant by like what they did. I mean, what else are they going to do? They had no choice but to go on this run to end the season. But yeah, the run at the end didn't convince me. I was like, I think I've seen enough through most of the season to say they aren't going to win the premiership. They almost won this game, though, and throwing Joey Manu, Swalee, Billy Smith, things could have been different. Do I feel sorry for the Roosters? Absolutely not. Not at all. So we move on. Storm, can they win the premiership this year? Can they? Yes. They can. I think we have to respect Melbourne enough to say that. But as far as where they stand, well... Penrith. Yeah, there's not much point talking about the other two teams for Storm. They have to get through Penrith. But if they do, that's a thing. Fans and rugby league world, uh, things can change pretty quickly. So if Melbourne go out and beat Penrith, all of a sudden, holy shit, Melbourne, they, here's all the reasons why they can win it. And then there'll be James Hooper of like, here are all their dirty wrestling tactics. I'm going to write... Another story about it, like I do every final series. Uh, But Storm, we've seen there is a massive gap between them and the Panthers. So good luck to them. But if they do it, yeah, everyone will lose their shit. And I'm not ruling them out. I think we've learned that with Melbourne Storm. Just, yeah, they're always a threat. As for my thoughts on the Roosters... Uh, I think they did quite well at the end to save their season. And I think they'll take a little bit of pride. I don't know. If Roosters fans are petty, like I am, I think they can just hang their hat on like, lol, the fucking Rabbitohs shit the bed. And Roosters got into finals. Because it was almost Roosters that had had that disastrous season uh, that deserved to really be criticised. But then South shit the bed... And yeah, I think Roosters fans, hey, you can at least take a bit of delight in that, right? They'll come back pretty strong next year. They're going to make a few adjustments around their team. I think Sam Walker, I think they need to step it up and just be like, fuck it. There's going to be some ups and downs, but just put him in the team. I guess, yeah, if he's unavailable, Sandin Smith as well, showing a bit of something, something. So next year, they'll be pretty good. They've got Spencer Lenu coming, Dominic Young, and already a pretty strong team with Trent Robinson as the coach. This year, it just wasn't for them. It really wasn't. They came out, lost to the Dolphins first up, and it just wasn't to be. Luckily for Roosters, they're a pretty powerful club, and they'll be back in the mix next year. So sayonara to them. Have a bloody good Mad Monday. And yeah, at least you didn't, you know, you're not the Rabbitohs. I got love for the Rabbitohs too, but yeah, that's just kind of where it's at. Closing statement. Well, 
Roost has got Thunderstruck. Will Warbrick. Fucking hell, Brick is right. I reckon uh, the Roosters fans, after conceding that try, and the Roosters players, would have been ta like taking a Brick to the face. Just painful, painful stuff to watch. But ultimately, yeah, I believe out of these two teams from the season as a whole, if one side is more deserving uh, to advance to a prelim, Melbourne Storm. So that's where it is. Storm over Roosters. Now, let's get on to my favourite part of the weekend. Warriors 40. Newcastle 10 in Auckland, New Zealand. Knights bowing out. The winning streak comes to an end. But take no credit away from them. I don't think, you know, despite 40 to 10, getting a bit of a hiding here, uh, I've certainly not, not lost any respect. I think their fans would be extremely proud. And what they put together in this run up to this point, pretty remarkable. So I think if anything, we should be getting quite excited about the direction Newcastle are heading in. But I always felt... Mount Smart Stadium, Auckland. It was almost spiritual, where it was just... Warriors were going to be on. It was just kind of known Warriors will be on. The question was, well, can they topple the Knights? Because the Knights, for 10 consecutive games, had been on. Uh, but early on, Chance Nicole Klukstad crosses for the first try. I was up and about. Adam Fanua Blake, not too long after that... Then I was really up and about. I uh, felt half tongue after that one. And then I went a little bit Fijian because Marcelo Montoya crossed. And it was 16-0 and I felt very good. Now, I think the boys learned a lot from the Panthers game. They really got to look into uh, kind of like this is the level you have to be at for 80 minutes. So they got a real lesson. I thought they came out here and they played a pretty complete 80-minute game. For Newcastle, I definitely think a factor was how much gas they had left in the tank. Massive run up to this point. Uh, and of course, very a uh, very late golden point game that went deep. So they had to give absolutely everything they had. And it just seemed like, at least early in this game... When it kind of got away from them, it just seemed like there was a little bit of a hangover effect uh, of such a hectic game last weekend into the travel to New Zealand. And then you come out and just mount smart, like the atmosphere, the energy it seemed to overwhelm them early. Like all those factors seemed to just play into it and Warriors just came out on. And from that point, Newcastle... They got themselves back into the game, but not for too long. And yeah, the 16-0 was kind of... That was kind of when we knew what was going down. Our chance, Nicole Klukstad, my player of the weekend, scored that first try, ran for 299 metres. You know what? Fucking just say 300. I'm just going to say 300. 299, what's one metre? One metre, not very long at all. Just give it to him. One try assist. Uh, so that's something he's really added to his game this year, is his ball playing ability. 
and eight tackle breaks uh, for Chance. And I thought our spine especially were enormous here. Throw Torhu in as well. He had a massive game. But Wade Egan, Sean Johnson, from the get-go, they were just so in sync with each other. And they really just picked the Knights apart. Tamari Martin was good uh, out on that left edge. Chance at fullback. Unbelievable. So I love our spine at the moment. Uh, for Adam O'Brien, Newcastle coach, I say it's time to let the man cook. Uh, going into this season, he faced a lot of pressure. Pretty much the whole time at the Knights, there's been at least a bit of pressure, except when he first arrived. It's time to let the man cook. I mean, look what he's done this year. He was one of the four contenders for my end-of-year podcast, Coach of the Year. So who knows? We'll see if he wins it. Uh, and I had to choose. I was like, do I go Adam O'Brien or do I go Wayne Bennett? The great, the GOAT, Wayne Bennett, for what he's done at the Dolphins. And I had to go Adam O'Brien. I just thought what he's done has been remarkable at the Knights. Dominic Young is leaving, but other than that, I mean, they've got Jack Cogger coming in, Jed Cartwright. I think it's time to let the man cook. And I'm really interested to see over the next few years, uh, under AOB, just how far Knights can go. Obviously, when he first came to the club, th he was thought of as the guy to lead this team to the next premiership. But then, somewhere between then and now, yeah, it just seemed like he was on borrowed time. I think he's done more than enough uh, to earn long-term security. And this is a great... I think he's getting that as well. I'm pretty sure he has re-signed. Uh, but this is another great example of just you've got to give coaches some time. Look at Cameron Sorrelder right now and the pressure he's under. Sometimes it takes time to build the roster you need, to get the standards you need. Last year, that was a big criticism that Adam O'Brien like, and the Knights and just where things were at. This year... Wow, is really all I can say. So Adam O'Brien, uh, it's time, it's time to take the claws out. Let's give the man some more time uh, to really build from this. My opinion, best season from the Knights in a long time. I know they made a prelim like ten or so years ago, uh, but that season like pales in comparison to this one, in my opinion. Other than, yeah, the premierships, what, like over 20 years ago? I think this is the best night season I've ever seen. Maybe that's recency bias, but yeah. I genuinely, yeah, it's one of the best seasons I've ever seen from Newcastle. So that alone, well, that deserves applause. Let me just clap. Oh, that's clapping as well. I'm not fucking doing anything else in here. But yeah. I have nothing but positive things to say about Newcastle. Even early this year, when the results weren't quite going their way, every week they were having a crack. Like, watching them show up, because for a while, they were in a similar spot on the ladder to, say, like, the Bulldogs. But you'd watch the Bulldogs, and you'd watch Newcastle, and there was a big difference uh, in terms of just intent. It's hard to quite put a finger on exactly 
the differences, there are quite a lot. Like defensive intent. And Newcastle, they kept trying, they kept trying. Then they explode, 66-0 against the Bulldogs. They go on this amazing run. And I tell you, Newcastle, they were one of the options for moment of the season. You'll have to tune in uh, to the end of year podcast, see if their run gets the honours. But Newcastle, I'll tell you one thing for free. There are a couple of Newcastle moments in the end of year pod. A couple. So there's a few different categories. One player may win one little category. We'll save it for the end of the pod, but Knights will definitely be spoken about. For the Warriors, our coach, Andrew Webster, another one who was a candidate uh, to vote for for Coach of the Year, end of year podcast. I can't believe it. I just can't believe it. He's come to the club and, yeah, just the way he's turned things around in such a short space of time. I have not felt, other than Todd Payton's short stint, that the Warriors had the right coach since Ivan Cleary left. Like that 2011 grand final, Ivan Cleary is our coach. I would have been happy with Ivan long term, and that was way before he won any premierships uh, as a Panthers coach. Just, I don't know. I don't know. Things missed the mark. Brian McLennan didn't quite work out. Matthew Elliott didn't quite work out. Andrew McFadden had to take the role at kind of a tricky time. Uh, Who else did we have? Stephen Kearney came in. A great coach. One of the phenomenal all-time Kiwi players. But the Eels stint was before uh, the Warriors stint. And the Eels stint for Kearney was horrible. He did well uh, as the Kiwis coach, as an international coach. But yeah, it seems Kearney best as an assistant. Fantastic as an assistant. But that one kind of gave me confidence. I thought out of everyone that I was most willing to give some time. But yeah, it just wasn't working yet again. And apparently Stephen Kearney, one of the nicest guys, like just a genuine good guy. So it was a shame it didn't work out, but it just very clearly wasn't. One thing I remember for sure, every single week, Warriors team list would come out. All the comments, where is Chance? Where is Chance? Because we had a player in reserve grade killing it by the name of Chance Nicole Klukstad. Now, at this time, the NRL team severely underperforming. The results weren't there. Every week, I kept seeing the fans say where's chance like for fuck's sake when are we going to give this guy a go he got minimal opportunities everything since you know it was things like that where it's like maybe even if it was on the wing there should have been a bit more of an effort to play chance and keep him at the club and yeah it just didn't work out then we got was nathan brown after was there someone between Peyton had us on an interim basis and I really saw a change when Peyton was coaching us and I was like hell yeah then he didn't take the job then we get Nathan Brown who did do a lot of amazing things uh, that we are seeing the benefit of now I think there are so many things that Nathan Brown adds when you bring him to a club 
Uh, he brings a lot of great players. And all around, we did benefit a lot. But week-to-week coaching and winning premierships, I never felt Nathan Brown was the option. Like, I, as soon as it was announced, I was like, uh, this is going to be another another scenario, you know, where it's like a few years kind of wasted. But shout out to Nathan Brown. I don't say that in a negative light. Like I said, this run we're on now, Nathan Brown was the last proper head coach we had before Webster. So a lot of the things that have been put in place were thanks to Nathan Brown. I just, the coaching appointment was never it for me. Andrew Webster comes in. Now here's a coach that I was just like, okay, well, we haven't seen him at a few other clubs. This isn't just, you know, the coaching merry-go-round where it's a coach who's in purgatory without a job. You know, yeah, Anthony Griffins, things like that. have had a couple of goes at it. I'm like, okay, Andrew Webster. First thing I remembered of him was at the Tigers a number of years ago. I think it was when Jason Taylor got sacked. Shout out to that situation, the Farah jason Taylor situation. Wasn't that messy? Wasn't that so messy? Andrew Webster came in, uh, did the interim coaching gig, and then, yeah, I didn't really keep up with where he went after that. He wasn't a, a Warriors assistant previously, which is something important to mention. And shout out to Ivan Cleary. I heard Cameron George on the Warriors podcast I said when he called Ivan Cleary to ask whether Webby was ready for the role, or just to say, actually, I'm talking to Webby, Ivan Cleary said he's not just ready to be an NRL coach, he's ready to be the Warriors coach. Now, this is coming from Ivan Cleary, who, like I said, in my mind, was the last true, genuine premiership chance coach that we have. So for Ivan to make that call, fucking oath. And yeah, I love Ivan. I always will. Because he was the Warriors coach. And he has hooked us up. For sure. You know, there could have been players, some other clubs, the head coach or the board might come into Andrew Webster, the assistant coach, and say, no, you've got to stay, things like that. Even look at the Roosters and the way kind of the Jason Riles thing went down. So I love that Penrith, they've given Webby their blessing and they've well and truly hooked us up. So hell yeah to that. The coach side of things, good, we're good. For so long it was just this cycle of like, okay, I'm going to give two to four years of my life watching this era of the club and it's either going to exceed my expectations, which it never did unfortunately. Or it's going to be three years. I don't know if wasted's the right word, but it's like then another coach is going to have to come in and impose their own style. So now, yeah, first time in over a decade, we have a coach and we can just, we can leave him in that position and let him cook. Andrew Webster. I'm going to fucking name my firstborn Andrew Webster. I do not care if it's a girl. As long as people aren't like, oh, that's that Daily Telegraph journalist. I'll be like, oh, for fuck's sake. Anyway, Sean Johnson, back in the team. Will he or won't he was kind of the question during the week. Well, he did. 
made a massive difference. Didn't seem to have any signs of the calf bothering him. I'm sure it was. But he's hugely important. And next weekend, fucking hell. I'll get into this matchup more in the preview podcast. Sean Johnson v. Adam Reynolds. I mean, come on. Uh, Warriors thoughts. I'm going to give some quick Warriors thoughts, quick night thoughts, and then we'll wrap the podcast up. Warriors in my notes. I just wrote full 17. Quick thoughts. I won't fucking spend too long. I want to get this done before the hour mark. But yeah, just our 17. Number one, chance Nicole Cook start. Why the Raiders let him go, I don't exactly know. There are family elements, and I think it's best all around for Chance to be in Auckland with his family. But yeah, I guess Raiders were just like, no, we have Seb Chris and Jordan Rapiner. It'll be fine. Uh, But yeah, at least short term, Raiders could have done with him for at least one more year. We will take him, though. This is a guy who genuinely wants to win a premiership with the Warriors. And Reese Walsh, a much more amazing player with a higher ceiling. But in his heart of hearts, he wants to win a premiership with the Broncos. You can see that. You can see the way, you know, he carries himself when he's got that jersey on because it means so much to him. And that doesn't mean that the Warriors jersey didn't mean a lot to him as well. But he just seems in his element, right? The way Reese Walsh goes to that extra level because he's in a Broncos jersey, Chance does the same in a Warriors jersey. Shout out to all those people in the comments section years and years and years ago being like, where is Chance? Here he is. Yeah. Anyways, uh, on the wings, Dallin Wateni Zlesniak, career best form. Career best form. Unbelievable. He just keeps scoring tries. I always liked Dallin at the Panthers. At the Bulldogs, it wasn't the best of times. He arrives at the Warriors. The form of the team overall, not fantastic. I've always liked Dallin. Now I love him. I'm going to name my second child, Dallin Wateni Zalesniak. But yeah, and it's an epic name. Epic hairstyle. He sells watches with his brother. And yeah, I like to call him the Mormon Miracle because I'm pretty sure he's Mormon and it's a fucking miracle he's landed at the Warriors. I'll tell you that much. Hell yeah. Yeah, Dallin Wateni Zalesniak requires a hell yeah. Rocco Berry. Young fella. His dad's an all-black, of course. That usually gets mentioned. There are so many little effort areas in the game of Rocco Berry that when I'm watching a game, I'm like, this is unbelievable. I'm loving what I'm seeing. Now, it's not stuff that if you have him in your super coach team, he's going to have a big score. It's all these more little things, the kick chases and stuff like that. Now, Roger Tuovasa-Shek expected to play center next year. Most of the time when we've seen Tuovasa-Shek on the wing, it has been on the right side. So that'll be interesting. If RTS starts there next year, Rocco Berry, he'll be the next man up. But he's here now. He's our first choice center right now. Still young. And I think what works nicely, even if he loses his spot in the team momentarily, 
Viliame Valer is going off to the Cowboys. So Barry is well and truly in our plans. And I think it's just a case of like, hey, for the backline guys, why not have Roger Tuivasa Sheck around for a couple more years? Pass on a bit of wisdom, bit of knowledge. Hope a bit of that Roger Tuivasa Sheck magic rubs off on you. And I think it will for Rocco Berry. Because like I said, he does so many of those little intangibles really well. Get him around Roger Tuivasa Sheck. Uh, doing some magical stepping lessons and fucking goosey tutorials. Yeah, Rocco Berry. Someone call the rugby league guru because this kid could actually be anything. Uh, Adam Pompey in the centres. Always been pretty steady for us. At times, deficiencies in defence. He has played every minute of every game for us this year. Unbelievable effort. I'm really happy to have him in the team. He's re-signed as well after some interest from Newcastle, funnily enough. And yeah, I'm happy. I'm a supporter of the Warriors. Adam Pompey's a warrior. And I think he's really developing and continuing to improve uh, year in, year out. And he's been good this year. He has not by any stretch been one of the best centres in the comp. Hard to do. There are some pretty unbelievable centres. But I think over the next year or two, I think Pompey, he's got a big season in him where people are going to say, holy shit, is this the bloody Kiwi Greg Inglis? Who knows? Maybe that's wishful thinking. But he's played every minute of every game this year. I'll drink to that. Not alcohol, but I will drink to that. So yeah, where was I? Full 17, we're up to Santis. Number five, Marcelo Montoya. If you've listened to the pod before, you'd know when the Bulldogs cut him and the Warriors brought him in, my first thought was just like, why are we... The Bulldogs were shit at that stage too, so it's like, why they cut him? This shit-ass team. And don't get angry, Bulldogs fans. I don't mean the Bulldogs. I mean around this era, like form-wise, shit-ass team, respectfully. I guess it's not really respectful, is it? Uh, but Marcelo Montoya wasn't fond when we got him. Now I absolutely love him. Absolutely love him. Tamari Martin, the fact that he's even playing in the NRL again is a miracle. And now he's in a Warriors jersey. A Kiwi prodigy coming through. He was always at Australian clubs. And now he's here. Also took part in the Cowboys' miraculous run uh, a few years ago to the grand final without Jonathan Thurston. That was the season Michael Morgan went bang. Uh, but Tamari, he's played in the grand final. Sean Johnson, love this guy so much. We're getting close to the hour mark, so yeah. I think we all know if I start talking about Sean Johnson, there'll be a lot to cover. Got the preview co- uh, podcast coming up. Adam Fenua Blake. Holy dooly, I am so glad this guy is in Warriors Colours. One of my favourite players. Holy. Very different sort of player to a Ruben Wiki, but that sort of figure. You know, a real, a real guy, a real guy in the pack is Adam Fanua Blake. Wade Egan, when we first signed him, from the Panthers, I loved it. Loved it. 
always felt that he had potential to be a superstar. He's not quite a superstar, you wouldn't say, but he's one of the best dummy halves in the game. Like, he is now developing into what I thought he could be. I'm not saying, like, you know, trying to give myself a rap. I'm just saying I thought, you know, this is our long-term dummy half, and that's what exactly how it's turned out. So fuck yeah to Wade Egan. Mitch Barnett asked just exactly what we needed to add to the team. A former knight as well. Uh, so it was a big game from Mitchell Barnett. I have loved it. Like, I always liked him as a player, but watching him get into his work in a Warriors jersey, holy, love Mitch Barnett. Jackson Ford, uh, thanks for that one, Dragons. Jackson Ford, we will take him. And I think if he keeps this kind of form up, he is going to get a fat payday. Because I imagine he is on next to nothing. Leaves the Dragons, comes to us. No promises of anything, I don't think. It's time to give this guy a fat payday. Jackson Ford, you deserve it. If it comes out, like Warriors have upgraded this guy's contract, I'll be stoked for you. You deserve it. Dragons, what the fuck is wrong with you guys, honestly? Who who was playing left back row for the Dragons? Billy Burns. Who honestly, now, maybe it's a situation where they... Shouldn't let Billy Burns go, because he's been pretty good. So knowing Dragons, they'll probably let him go. Uh, finally, to finish the podcast, Knight's thoughts. I will keep this quick, because like I said, uh, there will be a bit of Knight's chat in the end of year podcast. I have nothing negative to say. Absolutely nothing negative. Just only positive thoughts uh, as their season wraps up. I was so on board with this Newcastle run, up until the Warriors game. And then I was like, it has to end. But before that night, I've won a, a bit of money. I've won a bit of money recently, and the Knights played a huge part in that. I jumped on the Newcastle train. Not immediately. I didn't see this coming at all. So it took me a little bit. Then I think after they beat the Melbourne Storm, I was like, hmm... Okay, and then they were way better than the Raiders. I remember one game I jumped on uh, was the game against the Rabbitohs, where they smacked them. And yeah, I've kind of adopted them. Like, I've jumped on the bandwagon. But this whole Warriors thing's playing out, so that was my main focus. But we didn't play Newcastle up until now throughout this run. So I've been fully on board. I've loved it. And just as a neutral fan... As someone who was actually rooting against you this past weekend, I'm really excited to see what's in store uh, next couple of years for Newcastle. So we'll finish on that note. A positive one. A team that I did not see in the eight whatsoever. There was no point when I was thinking about potential teams that could make a run that I was thinking about the Knights. Funnily enough, I was not thinking about the Warriors either. A man can dream, though. And yeah, let's see. I mean, Callum Ponga, toward the back end of this year, was tremendous. And he's got that superstar quality. He's got a little bit of that aura about him, you know. Someone that either kids or just casual viewers 
will tune in to watch, even if they're not, you know, they don't really know the rest of the guys in the team. They know who Kellen Ponger is, he's the face of the Knights, and if he builds on the form he was in this year, does a full preseason at fullback, goes into the year, Knights know what they're doing around their team, well, who knows? Maybe, just maybe, they can go all the way next year. What I am interested in is their half situation. Tyson Gamble, I don't think you can take him out of this team. No, I think that six jersey is his. Willie Mason would probably say otherwise, but I'm going to leave it to those two. I don't have any criticism of Willie Mason. I loved watching him play. I like Level's podcast. I don't listen to it all the time, but I will enjoy listening to it. Uh, But Willie Mason essentially kind of saying the Knight's spine was shit. On paper, yeah, like I would have said the same. Like six months ago, I would have been like Phoenix Crossland in the number nine. Are you out of your mind? Now, holy shit, I heard he's born in New Zealand. And as a Kiwi, I'm like, fucking Madge, give him a call. Brandon Smith, Phoenix Crossland, international level. I am down. And yeah, I just feel like Willie Mason's comments, especially around Tyson Gamble, just missed the mark is really all I feel about it. He was basically being like, yeah, Tyson Gamble essentially is fucking shit. And he's not. He's actually not. And he's still fairly young, is Gamble. And yeah, he was a massive contributor for them this year. But yeah, I don't know. Like, Willie Mason's played a lot more NRL than me. Quite a significant amount. So maybe there are things he's seeing. Maybe there's, like, some kind of personal thing. Uh, But my take, Tyson Gamble is the opposite of shit. Tyson Gamble is a fucking goer. And he really, really took that role on. When Ponga was out, Gamble stepped up to be that guy. Jackson Hastings missed a lot of the season. Not a lot of it, but he was missing at quite a few different points. Gamble stepped up. That sixth jersey is his. Next year, Jack Cogger arrives at the club. Cogger Hastings, Newcastle's famed number seven jersey. I think a bit of healthy competition might drive the Knights to be even better. So we'll have to see. Be our wrap up. We've gone over the hour. I'm going to let you get back to your day. Then I'm going to sit down and do my notes for the preview podcast. That is what is up next. Uh, We'll be coming out Wednesday, so stay tuned for that. But outside of that, that's podcast done. Thank you very much for listening. As always, enjoy your week, and I'll be back on Wednesday. 